This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Hi and welcome to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. My name is Louise and I'm an alcoholic. The purpose of this show is to increase public awareness of Alcoholics Anonymous as an effective means of recovery from the disease of alcoholism. Our show has two parts. First we'll talk a bit about alcoholism, what it is and what AA can do to help. Then we'll interview a recovering alcoholic who is an active member of AA. I'm now going to ask our guest to read the AA preamble, which is read at the start of every AA meeting. Hi, I'm an alcoholic and um, I'll read the preamble. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other, that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is the desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We're self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution, does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. So what is alcoholism? Alcoholism is a disease, not a disgrace. There's no shame in having an illness or a disease. An unusual feature of this disease is that it will do whatever it can to convince you that you do not have it. However, once it has a hold of you, the progression of symptoms is like the classic disease model and the victim is as helpless as a sufferer of cancer. If you are an alcoholic, you're at the beginning of a long road that usually ends in one of three places – prisons, institutions or death. If you think this sounds dramatic, we can assure you that our collective experience has shown this to be true. The challenge is to convince the alcoholic to admit that they need help and become willing to seek it. Denial is a major symptom of alcoholism. The alcoholic is often the last one to recognise it and admit that they have it. Our definition of alcoholism is it is an allergy of the body coupled with an obsession of the mind. The allergy is the physical aspect of the disease. After having the first drink, the phenomenon of craving develops and we lose control over when we will stop drinking. The old saying is, one is too many and a thousand is never enough. And yet, because of the obsession of the mind, the mental aspect of the disease, the alcoholic is compelled to keep picking up the first drink. And this is what makes us powerless. We often hear from sober alcoholics that many doubted whether life could be fun without alcohol. Fortunately, those same people report that their lives have improved dramatically since they became sober. The 12-step program of recovery, which is discussed at meetings and which is outlined in the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, is how we get sober and maintain our sobriety one day at a time. This program has a proven track record of helping otherwise hopeless alcoholics to achieve long-term sobriety and recovery. It has taught us how to enjoy life sober. Okay, for anyone who has just joined us, you're listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show 
here on Plains FM 96.9. We're just about to interview an AA member who's going to share their experience with alcoholism. So let's meet our guests. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yep. Hi, I'm a long-term member of Alcoholics Anonymous and I prefer just to uh, not use my name. No problems. Would you um, Would you like to tell us how long you've been sober? I've been sober for 29 years and quite a few months. Wonderful, wonderful. And um, tell us a little bit about life outside of AA. Married? Yes, I'm married and uh, retired mm-hmm. and I... I worked for. Um, I worked at a school, and I worked for much longer than I um, needed to, in a way. <laughs> but um, you know, I enjoyed it so much. So, mm. yeah, and I still keep in touch with mm. that uh, school. So wonderful. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what it was like growing up for you. Um, I was the oldest in our family, and I was um, a small town. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I was uh, very quiet and shy, and um, and very. I became very sort of um, concerned about my behaviour. Uh, like you know, they write on reports um, could do better, <laughs> and that's what I thought I could do better, mm. and that's what my parents thought as well. And so, um, yeah, I was quite a reserved. Kid and mm. Uh, mm. went to a, a very strict primary school and a lot of a lot of um, uh, you know uh, corporal punishment they call it don't they mm. and mm. that that was at the home as well mm. and, uh, okay yeah so let's let's talk a little bit about you know as you progressed into into your teens and. You know, when did you start drinking? And and tell us a little bit about what it was like at the start. Um, I more or less um, had to, um, you know, I wanted to join in. Mm -hmm. And I was with, um, I started as a cadet in a government department. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, they were, you know, I I perceived them as uh, tough guys and, and what, we were doing was um, drinking, and I didn't really like it at first. And mm. then I, I was just determined to to get into it, and it didn't take too long. Right. And um, so we were living in um, in huts in the um, middle of the North Island, and getting getting drunk regularly on mm. the weekends, and yeah, I just thought it was great, and I played rugby as well. So right, the rugby so the, team was part of the socialising. So the culture was mm. very much. And so, what did it do for you when you you know you you said you got drunk? What what did that do for you, and how did it make you feel? <laughs> I, I felt great. I felt one of one of, mm. and uh, it could fit in. And mm. um, you know, I thought I was having a great time, and everyone else was as well. And mm. <laughs> um, yeah. So a part of. So I, I, um, I actually went to university, mm-hmm. um, and there my um, drinking really took off. Okay. The, um, uh, you know, and I still did um, my studies as well, but um, 
but that became a very important part of part of life. Mm. So you talked about drinking on the weekends. Did that change? Did it progress? Um, well, I I did keep to um, to the weekends mostly. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, at the end of um, end of the week. Yeah, yeah we'd and, congregate and- in the pub. <laughs> right, and yep. and so, so as you sort of progressed into into adulthood, you know, did it change? Did your drinking change? Well, there was um, a few incidents where when I was uh, I became engaged at university, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, I remember one time I was I just it was the end of end of the year, so it was a big time. We had to celebrate hard out, and. Um, and I was down in the pub with the, with the others, and then I I must have passed out. I um, I came to, and the the pub crowd had changed. The, mm. the students had gone, and it was uh, businessmen and <laughs> um, a very weird sort of situation for me. I thought, so um, I thought, right, I better go home, and I started walking, and I didn't get. I got. Um, I got a fair way, but then I, I thought the gutter looks fantastic, and <laughs> I'll, I'll just lie down here for a while, and um, and that's where I was actually found by the Salvation Army, and right. they um, I came to a bit, and I thought, well, um, they're taking me in the wrong direction. Uh, they took me home to their home, and you know I was. And, and pretty much a mess, really. Mm. So, yeah, uh, that was one particular time when I thought, I've, this, I've got to change. Right. This is no good. And uh, and yeah. so did you take any steps at that point to change, to try to change? I, I just uh, tried to do it myself mm-hmm. and um, just to moderate, and that, that didn't go very well, really. <laughs> okay. And uh, so uh, my... Um, Fiance was very upset at this as well, and so I made promises that I couldn't keep, and mm. yeah, and so I continued. And, and so, okay, so some you know relation problems with relationships. Um, were there any other consequences as a result? You know, any impact on jobs? Any problems with the law? Um, no, I was fairly um, fairly lucky there. I think uh, mm. you know uh, a close friend of mine. He he was um, got into trouble, and he actually lost his job because of it. But um, you know, I sort of seemed to slip under the radar a mm. little bit, and just yeah, managed. Yeah, I, I thought I was managing okay. But, mm. Uh, mm. It was a strain, and yeah. And I guess you know your your mental and emotional well being. What was that like? Um, I became I was those ideas from childhood carried on that I, right. I wasn't good enough, mm. and um, no matter what I achieved, and I achieved pretty highly, really, and so, uh, but it wasn't good enough. You know, I thought I didn't deserve it. Mm. And I was very unhappy, and yeah, so. So you know, what would you describe as we often call in AA your rock bottom? 
Um, well, I was uh, sort of going forward quite a few years. I was um, I was challenged in a group I was in. I was uh, doing a lot of uh, counselling and mm-hmm. trying to discover the <laughs> the reason why I felt sort of so unhappy and. Um, uh, that wasn't really working, but then I was I was challenged at a time when I I thought I had my drinking pretty much under control, mm. and um, and then uh, uh, in this group I was challenged on my behaviour, and mm. they they said your behaviour is very alcoholic, mm. and. Um, I thought this is ridiculous. You know, I'm not even drinking that much, and uh, <laughs> so they suggested that I talk to another alcoholic in the group. And I talked to him, and I did identify with him, mm. and particularly those areas of uh, early drinking mm-hmm. at university. Um, yeah. So. Um, and so you were yeah, able to so relate. So then I went. Yeah, I related, and. I I thought I'd I'd try a meeting that was back here in Christchurch and um, I went to the first meeting and I thought well I'm not as bad as all these people <laughs> okay. and uh, yeah. I said that actually it was which uh, was quite um, yeah they were all laughing at that but um, yeah and I continued to go and gradually I identified right uh, at first I had difficulty saying I was an alcoholic and then. Um, got more comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I remember I heard this um, this guy sharing, oh, I fell through the front door or something. And I thought, well, I haven't done that. And I thought, oh, hold on, I have. <laughs> so um, so I'd, I'd remember instances like that and mm. gradually related mm. and, uh, and then started to work the program. Yeah. And tell tell me, what were the people like, you know, when you were starting to go to your first, your early meetings? How how were the other people in the meetings? Um, Well, I went to, one of the first meetings I went to was a a step study, um, steps and traditions, studying the steps and traditions of AA. And um, and it was a big meeting. Mm. I was sitting near the back. Mm -hmm. And... (laughs) and everyone, you know, listening to the sharing. And at the end of the meeting, um, I, I just have this image of this guy just sort of like he was walking through, you know, like the seas had parted or he was getting through all these <laughs> chairs and he was making for me. And <laughs> so he became my first sponsor. Wow. He was, um, yeah, so he was very keen to help me. And I thought, um, I thought, oh, okay, he's going to run me around, look after me and do everything for me. <laughs> And uh, eventually, he said, "No, no, you can, you can get to a meeting mm. by yourself." Mm. And um, so, yeah, and he was very helpful, and uh, yeah, so. And, and we talk about sponsorship as being such a, a critical part of our of the program. And uh, tell us about your role in service, and 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 what that's meant for you as part of your recovery. Um, well, one of the um, I've been uh, secretary of groups and um, treasurer, yeah, and uh, also served on um, the intergroup uh, for for my group. Uh, I think I was 
vice president of Intergroup One Point. Um, the the service that I most enjoyed, if you like, was going to the prison. Mm. I went to Rolleston Prison uh, regularly for quite mm-hmm. a few years. Mm-hmm and take people out, meet people. Um, some of the people that I went went out with were really, uh, became very good friends mm. and a number of them have uh, passed on now. And, yeah, I just remember them very fondly. And also the uh, the people in the, in the prison. Mm. Um, unfortunately, a lot of them didn't continue but um, some I've seen at meetings mm. and uh, you know there's a special bond there so, so not only has service helped you in your recovery but it's helped you build those relationships and those bonds yeah the rela- yeah, um, relationships uh, within the within the fellowship yeah within AA so um, I did uh, change uh, sponsors I I like a um, I decided, I like, you know, some people talk about, oh, you know, they want to be told what to do. Well, I didn't want to be told what to do, <laughs> but um, I could be persuaded, I guess. And um, and I did change um, the sponsors and uh, quite a, yeah, I was quite well into recovery and and he became a very special friend. Mm. And, mm. Uh, you know, we'd, we'd go away together mm. and spend time. And and he'd help me. One of the gifts if, of the program. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. So that's uh, special. So so twenty twenty nine years. So tell us what what are the some of the things you've done? You know, when dealing with life on life's terms, what do you do when it gets difficult? Um, well, uh, about sort of, um, I think uh, two and a half years into into sobriety. And I didn't drink after going to after starting going to AA, and um, I was I was having difficulty in my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, that continued, and it was very uncomfortable. And then I did lose that job, so um, that was a very difficult time for me. Mm. Um, and I thought, what am I going to do now? And I chose a um, a route that um, I don't think I would have chosen if I hadn't been in AA. Mm-hmm. There were various um, options. One option was to uh, take the money and run, really, <laughs> and you know, take a redundancy. And and then there was uh, an option of taking redundancy and working at another institution. So that's what I took. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm sure I wouldn't have taken that if I mm. wasn't doing AA. Mm. So, and and I chose a place where it uh, really suited me, my uh, personality, if you like. Mm. And it was very helpful in that job too to to become, you know, someone who who couldn't be walked. Walked over, you know, mm. it wasn't a doormat, mm. and um, and then developed good relationships with uh, with the children I was teaching, and so I, at that time I was thinking, 
oh, it'll be great when I retire at 60. Uh, and um, and then they changed that. And, but um, but I, I was just enjoying the job so much mm. that um, that I was quite happy to continue, and I continued for a long time. Even yeah. um, went into semi retirement and continued to uh, work as a part time. And again, another worker. another gift of being sober. Being oh, able to sure. do that, yeah. yeah so, um, sure. we often talk about AA being a spiritual program, not a religious program. What does that look like for you? Well, I, I would say that I'm um, I'm an agnostic, and even though I, I have difficulty uh, believing in, in God, I can say I can say the prayers. I can mm. say I don't mind that. I don't mind what other people believe. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of freedom in AA. Mm. And, Mm. um, Mm. yeah, I believe I've become uh, very keen on the spiritual side of the program Mm. uh, without um, having, you know, a strong belief, Mm. really. For sure, for sure. And how would you describe your life today? Um. My life is is good. Uh, I've still got uh, still challenges. I mean, mm. that's why I continue to go to mm. meetings, mm. and uh, also I do have a sponsor. I have people I talk to, and um, you know I'll run problems past them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I love some of the. I do regular readings. Um, I do meditation. Mm-hmm. And that's very helpful. And yep. at, at first I wasn't meditating, but... It's yeah. developed. <laughs> yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, what would you recommend for someone who thinks they might have a problem? What's, what's some of the things they could ask themselves to help them? Um, uh, well, what comes to mind is, uh, do you need help? And, uh, you know, are you willing to, mm. uh, to ask for help? Mm. And give it a go. Mm. Uh, you know, there's, you're not going to lose much if you uh, if you give it a go. And there's there is, as I said, a lot of freedom mm. within AA. Uh, freedom on how you work the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose people would say you need to work it, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I believe I have. So you know, I've worked through the steps and continue to. Take personal inventory. Right. Yeah. All the things that are suggested. Yep. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us. Okay. Thank you. So for our listeners, if you've related to anything that you've heard or would like some more information about Alcoholics Anonymous, you can look us up on the web at www.aa.org.nz or you can call us on 0800 AA Works. There are over 60 meetings a week in Canterbury, so it's likely there's one near you. Join us next week to hear from more AA members sharing their experiences. Our show airs every Monday at 5.30pm on Plains FM and repeats again on Wednesday at 12.30pm. You can also find podcasts of our past shows on the Plains FM website at plainsfm.org.nz or you can download, subscribe, and listen to our podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. That brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening, and remember, if you want to drink, that's your business. But if you want to stop, we can help. 
you don't have to do it alone. We will now close the show with the serenity prayer, as we do in every AA meeting. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. You've been listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. 